Hi, everyone, and welcome to this preseason edition of MHR Radio. I'm uh, joined with MHR's own Kyle Montgomery. What is up, MHR? And our uh, extraordinarily talented engineer and, um, I don't know, what do you want to refer to yourself as, Jan? Producer. <laughs> Producer, Jan Wang, who you can see at, at Asian Orange on Twitter. Uh, we got a good sh- Oh, hi, Jan. <laughs> <laughs> So we have a uh, good show lined up. We have a special guest, Avery Schlereth, who is Mark Schlereth's daughter. Um, beautiful girl. She's in L.A. right now uh, modeling and acting and whatever, just just here in a few minutes. Kyle, what how, I wanted... How did Stinky have these beautiful children? His name is Stinky. He was an <laughs> ugly football player, and then he cleans up, goes on ESPN, and has beautiful children. Yeah, I don't... I don't get it. They're they're both really really pretty, and um, I mean Slayer's not that bad looking of guy, I guess, and and his wife's pretty as well. Avery was actually in a local commercial, I think, with her mom, and I don't remember who it was for, um, and we probably shouldn't plug him here anyway. But <laughs> they did a local commercial, which uh, I think a thirty second commercial, which ran here in Denver for a while. Uh, Avery's, Avery's awesome. She's very nice and very sweet, and I think people will like hearing what she has to say. Yes, yeah, so we'll get to her in just a minute. Um, Kyle, you just wrapped up two weeks of, of hardcore training camp. What was your biggest takeaway from from the first two weeks of camp? Well, movers and shakers on the depth chart. That's what training camp's all about. And the biggest story was Dookie and Nacho at safety coming from the depths of the depth chart up to pretty much a starting role. I mean, the Broncos released their depth chart, and he's still listed as a second string. But, you know, he's really been getting the starting reps. And I'd be surprised if he didn't start the first preseason game. It's going to be fun to watch. So what's you've been? At, this is this is your third or fourth training camp? Fourth. Fourth. So what's what's something that you wouldn't know? Like even if you go to training camp as a casual fan, what's something you wouldn't know, um, unless you're a member of the media from training camp? So something that the fans don't see. So maybe something the fans don't see, or maybe something that that you know, if you've never been to training camp, that you would definitely not know. That's a great question. Um, I think that the players really do kind of hate training camp <laughs> you, you really get exposed to how much they hate it i mean sometimes you get a player and they're just playing and they're having fun um and they're having fun with the media they have a good most of them have a good relationship with the media and they're very friendly but you do see the side of them when when you go up to a player and you're like hey hey got, you know so and so you got you got time for a one-on-one and they just literally shout like damn like they, like the media guy caught me like i, I got I, I can't go home now i've got to give an interview they they respect it but they're they're real and you appreciate that about them yeah i mean you can just see kind of like the seething uh i mean you've got so many injuries just today there's 10 players out um of, of practice with with minor injuries some of them some of them a little bit more hardcore but you see that the um scrimmage on on saturday these they're just like letting out steam they're running across the field <laughs> yeah they were able to do that slip and slide which is you know a dangerous thing for a football player to do, but actually nobody got hurt. You know, probably banging pads against each other is a little more dangerous. Um, so they were able to have a little fun during the scrimmage, and they had a day off. They come back Monday, and everybody gets hurt. Uh, it's training camp. It's unpredictable, and one little misstep, and your season is sidelined. Right. You got to – I mean, and you got to think about it. For these rookies, they are – they're finishing up their, their college season, and then they're getting – Poked and prodded during the NFL Combine, they're in mini camps. These guys haven't had a break since probably last 
June last July, so they've been going at it for like a year straight, just yeah. just conditioning and you know these, the rookies especially. But that's actually been one of my surprising things that there hasn't really been rookie injuries. You're seeing some of the vets go down. Well, we saw Sylvester Williams go down. Uh, it thankfully didn't turn out to be serious, and he was back at practice uh, today. But you know, when he went down, I can just remember thinking we weren't sure what status of his knee was. We knew it was a knee injury. He was carted off. The day before, I think it was the day before, Dan Copen got cut off with what turned out to be an ACL tear, season ending. So, given that context, you think, oh man, his the entire trajectory, the entire scope of his career will change if that's an ACL tear. Mm-hmm. He'll be able to start year one, you know, on a roll. He won't have any rookie season stats to compare to anything because every year from then on, it will be, well, you know, but he got injured. Will he be healthy? Can the Broncos rely on him? It, it, would have tarnished his whole start of an NFL career. Just slightly tweaking that knee a little bit more. Yeah. Uh, it's pretty incredible. And we got we got the rookie out of the fifth round, uh Quintarius, Quint, excuse me, Quintarius Smith, uh, who who also came into kind of the league injured and, and uh there's a lot of fans looking at him to be maybe an Elvis Doomerville replacement. You know, Doomerville was drafted in the fourth round, Smith was drafted in the fifth round, Smith's got a knee issue and he went down a little bit, but he's back out. I guess the scariest one from training camp so far was probably Dominique Rogers Cromarty, who uh tweaked his ankle coming back down off of a one on one with uh, Quincy Quincy McDuffie. No. Yes. I don't remember who that, – that, that's a player on the roster. I don't remember who he was going one-on-one with when he got hurt. But, yeah, that was definitely – as far as high-profile starters go, he or Dan Copen, but probably Dominic rogers Camardi, a little bit more high-profile and definitely a skill position player and the second highest-paid defensive player on the team behind only Champ Bailey. Yeah, and then, um, I mean, some injuries kind of like – not Julius Thomas, the whole situation didn't arise from the fact that Tammy and Dreesen are both at least minorly injured right now. He kind of came in. He kind of came out of you know the the shell this year again, but and it wasn't due to injury. It was he kind of earned it on his own. Yeah, it was really OTAs and minicamp that Julius Thomas emerged. He was getting starting reps in those practice sessions. So he hit training camp. He hit the ground running. He already was as established as someone who was getting starting reps. And the Broncos did mix it up. I've seen them run two tight end sets with Dreesen and Tammy and Dreesen and Thomas, Julius Thomas. Um, and then three tight end sets, they'll, they, they have some interesting formations this year. Um, Peyton but, was kind of pointing out, Peyton was kind of pointing out the, the work that um, Julius Thomas and Virgil Green did. He pointed out today in his post, uh, post practice uh, interviews, he was, he was saying that the, the amount of work that these guys put, put in and you know, don't take anything away from these guys. Yeah, Virgil Green hasn't had a great camp, uh, but he is the person who looks to benefit the most from these injuries. Um, the, the injury to Tammy and Dreesen, and uh, it's more reps for him. It's more time for him to get the reps he needs to look a little bit better. Um, so that's that's exciting. And given the depth that's on the Broncos at tight end, you're probably, I mean, later tonight when the Broncos play the 49ers, you're probably going to see Julius Thomas and Virgil Green getting, you know, two, some maybe three quarters because there's only two other tight ends right now that are healthy on the on the roster, and one of them just got signed today. Yeah, the Broncos have signed two different tight ends uh, since camp opened, just to handle these injuries. Um, and they're they're camp bodies, they're guys who will be playing on the second and third team, and be able to catch some passes. Although Julius Thomas in training camp, he's played on all three units. He's played on first team, second team, and third team. They just want to get him reps. Just probably a good idea. 
Yeah, we're going to see a lot of uh, 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 Brock Osweiler. Uh, Fox got asked about five different times, and so did Peyton, how long the starters are going to be in tonight. We're looking at um, probably about a quarter if, if we can, if Fox is to be believed. Um, if for whatever reason it's a really long offensive, you know, the 49ers win the toss and the 49ers start off with the ball and they have a really long offensive drive, you know, it ends up taking seven, eight minutes off the clock. We're probably only going to see Peyton and, and the starters for about a series, maybe two series. I'm not even sure if we're going to see Peyton Manning, honestly. I don't, I don't think he directly answered the question and I don't think Peyton did either. I think it's very possible that Peyton may not play this preseason game at all. And I'll tell you why. That reason is the offensive line. With Orlando Franklin going down and shifting every other position, we're playing the San Francisco 49ers. We want to go up against their starters with Peyton Manning. Mm-hmm. There, there are a lot of benefits for Peyton Manning to play. He talked about like one of the reasons why he struggled in the Atlanta game was he didn't get a lot of snaps in in away environment. Mm-hmm. Uh, we broke that down at Mile High Report this offseason. We wrote an article about that. Found that quote very interesting. And I think that's one of the reasons, you know, why they wanted some away games early in the preseason. They wanted to get Peyton Manning that exposure on the road. But with the offensive line, as hurt as it is, Peyton Manning's our $18 million, no, our $40 million quarterback. Yeah. Uh, we might just sit in this first preseason game. Got, that wouldn't surprise me. We got a little lucky, I guess, that Alton Smith is, is also injured. He, he hurt his hand, I believe, on Monday in camp. So he doesn't look to be – the 49ers sack champion doesn't look to be – uh, playing this game either so um, just real quick back to the depth chart you mentioned it earlier were there any other than maybe at safety were there any depth chart surprises for you depth chart surprises i think one surprise is that ronnie hillman solidified himself in my view as the number one running back he came into camp at number one but i really expected monte ball to come on a little stronger than he has mm-hmm. he's had some good practices but it's been a little slow for him to pick up the playbook He's a little hesitant when he's, you know, um, he's just not running the ball well. Um, yeah, that's, that's I, something I wanted to, to talk about was there, we, we Denver fans are so spoiled when it comes to running backs. We're kind of just plug and play, basically. And when we draft someone in the first round, even though, you know, Noshan Moreno hasn't necessarily turned out to be first round worthy just yet in some people's opinions. When we draft a running back, we expect that player to, to kind of just come in and shine. And, and poor Monte Ball, <laughs> he came in and and uh, he's been a rookie. Yeah, um, he's been a rookie, but that's kind of what's expected in the NFL these days. Do you expect rookie running backs to to come in strong? Um, it's the even a 30-year-old running back is considered to be pretty old in the NFL. We got rid of Willis McGahee at the age of 31 when he was extremely productive for us just two years ago, uh, two seasons ago, a year and a half ago. Um, so I don't think that's unrealistic to expect big things from a running back right out of college. That's kind of the norm in the NFL right now. And i got to ask you this one question. The uh, the annual Jeremiah Johnson <laughs> <laughs> preseason, preseason tour of Jeremiah Johnson, do you see him pushing like let's say a jacob hester or a lance ball um off the roster well lance ball has a snowball's chance in hell of making this roster i mean with all respect to the kid there's just too much going on ahead of him and behind him in the case of jeremiah johnson um and when you put when you have a lock on ronnie hillman and monte ball these are two guys that this regime drafted you lock them in barring injury they're going to be on this roster, and they're going to be number one and number two. Uh, Noshan Moreno is pretty locked into the number three spot, but that's a situation where if Jeremiah Johnson really looks a lot better than Noshan, 
then he takes no Sean's roster spot. Here's the thing. In years past, Jeremiah Johnson has been practice squad eligible, and the Broncos have just stashed him on the practice squad. This year, he is not. They have no way of keeping him. And if he lights it up in preseason yet again, uh, the Broncos are going to have a, a tough decision to make. And that's where I think a lot of people forget that, that Jacob Hester is still on the roster. And Jacob Hester isn't just a running back. He's he's probably the only guy on the Broncos who's who's accredited to play fullback. They split him out wide. They can put him in the H-back tight end role. He's great on special teams. He'll go out and make a tackle just like a linebacker. And that's where I see Jeremiah Johnson having difficulty making this team. Um, what really hurts is that he could get signed up, but he could get signed by, let's say, Arizona Cardinals. He could be their second string running back and he'll do he'll have a great season. Yeah, I think Jacob Hester makes this team. He's the fullback. He's played fullback on all three units. C.J. Anderson has seen a little bit of fullback work too, uh, but it's Jacob Hester's job. I think Jeremiah Johnson would be the third running back or fourth running back if we kept five. Well, I mentioned, yeah, five running backs is tough to, to keep in the, on the team. I, I, you could make a little room by keeping four receivers or two quarterbacks, but they're, they're not going to be able to carry just seven offensive linemen with the way they've been falling down all, all preseason. Like, we're going to need at least eight offensive linemen. Some people say as many as nine, which might be pushing it a little bit. You don't need a backup at every position. John Fox was explaining, you know, you have, you have your backup who could do the outside guys, either one right tackle, left tackle, and then you have your interior guy who could do left guard, right guard, and center. So that to me says seven offensive linemen, but just the way that they've been falling and then the, the amount of guys who've been signing at center, we have five guys who are technically qualified to be a center on the Broncos right now. I think we'll keep eight. I think the Broncos will keep eight offensive linemen. I think any less than that, they're risking getting injured twice in the same place. I mean, you mentioned something earlier today um, that was interesting to me is that there's there's one lineman in the today in like let's say later today the lineup the starting lineup there'll be one lineman that was actually on the starting offensive line at the end of 2012. There will be none in their position from 2012. With Orlando Franklin gone, they they moved everyone around to fill in that gap, at least through two days of practice. We'll see if they do this during the game. It would be a good experience to test this versatility. But they moved you know, Chris Clark over from left to right, tackle. They, they slid Zane Beatles over outside to left tackle, and then they filled in Brian Lilja at left guard. So then they got Manny Ramirez starting at center, and at right guard they got Louis Vasquez, who should start the season, but he was a free agent. So that's five guys not in the same position they were in to, to end the 2012 season. And there's justification for keeping Peyton Manning on the bench right there. But uh, it. what it spells real trouble for, let's say, so that's the, that's the starting team offensive line right there. Do, do those guys stay in for, for the two quarters that Brock Osweiler is going to play? And then what the heck happens when those the next subs come in? <laughs> you know, we got the third team offensive lineman projecting – you know, our third string quarterback, it's, it's going to be a rough one for that, that poor guy. Yeah. We're, we're running low on bodies here. People will need to stop getting injured. That's an order. So we, uh, we addressed center, um, and the offensive line. I wanted to talk a little bit about a position, um, that I don't think a lot of fans are, are positive on, which is that middle linebacker. We have, um, I mean, you and I talking, I think Nate Irving has solidified the middle linebacking position, but we, we did sign a, a free agent in Stuart Bradley, and, and coming into the, coming into the offseason, John always like Nate Irving, Steven Johnson, Nate Irving, Steven Johnson, but, but you told me that you believe that possibly uh, Stuart Bradley may have surpassed Steven Johnson as far as depth chart goes at middle linebacker. Absolutely. 
Uh, it was Tuesday at practice that Stuart Bradley after, actually played with the ones at middle linebacker. It was the first change of middle linebacker we'd seen in practice yet. So Stuart Bradley even passed Nate Irving. That might be because Nate Irving missed practice on Monday. For personal uh, reasons. For, for personal reasons. The next day, Stuart Bradley suddenly has his job. I mean, it doesn't take Sherlock Holmes to deduce what happened there. Uh, <laughs> uh, but that is all speculation. There's, there's no inside word on that. That's just my uh, putting A and B together. So we'll see who starts the preseason game, whether Nate Irving keeps his job tonight. One thing you can say for those middle linebackers, we got a heck of uh, good, I guess, enforcers on special teams, whether it's Stuart Bradley and Steven Johnson or Nate Irving and Steven Johnson or Steven Johnson and some other combination of something. Uh, Steven Johnson, you were telling me, has been uh, the backup. At, at, he's played third team on every single uh, linebacker role. He's been he's been the Sam linebacker, he's been the Mike linebacker, and he's been he's been – the will, yeah. The will as well, yeah. Um, yeah, and he plays a lot of special teams. Uh, Stephen Johnson is a favorite of the radio show I go on every day. I'm on 1300 AM, Colorado Springs, the animal. And they love Stephen Johnson. They have him on the show a lot, so they ask a lot about him. So I've been scouting him a little bit. Uh, he looks good. He makes some plays here and there. But he's a special teamer, and this roster is very deep. It's going to be tough for him to make the roster because Nate Irving and Stuart Bradley are pretty solidly ahead of him. Well, speaking of tough to make the roster, uh, Greg Orton has been an off-season off kind of hero. He was last year as well, but more so this year. Uh, they got And then you got Bubba Caldwell coming out again out of nowhere and having a great last few days. Orton's been a little bit hurt, I guess, this week. But they're, they're, there's quite a situation at, at wide receiver because uh, Tavares King is not a bad receiver. He's, he's, a, he's definitely a fourth, fifth guy on this roster. Well, Tavares King makes this roster. He's a draft pick this year, a fifth-round pick. That's a high enough investment for them to keep him. And he's looked good enough in camp to justify it anyway. He, he's had his moments. Um, we polled a bunch of media members at Mile High Report. We asked them who they saw was a, a big riser to this training camp. And his name got mentioned twice, two or three times. Uh, so the media are seeing it. If I didn't see it in my scouting reports, the media is. And that's good enough for me uh, when there's consensus like that. So Tavares King looks good. Uh, it is interesting about Greg Orton and Bubba Caldwell. It started to start camp. Greg Orton looked amazing. He was catching everything and getting separation everywhere. But in the last several practices I saw, he he had a few drops, like the first, first drops of camp at all. And Andre Caldwell was making some plays. Uh, so, you know, the scales tip in and out of favor of players. I think they, each of them, I think they're fighting for a roster spot, the two of them. And that preseason will tell a lot of who makes the team. I think, yeah, uh, Jarrell Robinson, I, I, I think that he's one of um, Brock Osweiler's favorite targets. But um, Lamar Thomas actually got a mention from, from Mr. Peyton Manning uh, in his his um, after-practice interview this, this – or, uh, sorry, Wednesday afternoon – no, Tuesday afternoon, excuse me. But, yeah, Lamar Thomas is not someone who I've even really blinked on any type of radar – but yes, I think they have quite a situation at wide receiver. I don't know what Peyton Manning said. That's interesting. But, uh, yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I guess to wrap up last week, uh, and then one little tidbit we had kind of that you may not be aware of is it was actually Peyton Manning. It's been reported that Peyton Manning was the one who talked Ryan Lilja out of retirement at the uh, urging of Vice President John Elway. So Lilja is on the team, um, and Peyton Manning may have a spot in the uh, <laughs> the front office when he's finished playing football. 
I speculated about that on Twitter. I thought maybe uh, Peyton Manning pulled a John Elway himself. You guys remember that John Elway went out to North Dakota or South Dakota, some biker rally, and convinced Gary Zimmerman to play another year after the 1996 offseason. Come yeah, play was, one more year. That was Sturgis. It was Sturgis, South Dakota. Yeah, he came out to the, yeah. the Harley meeting, and, and uh, I, th- I think it was kind of looked at at the time as John Elway just taking a couple of days off of training camp himself. <laughs> so Manning pulled an Elway a little bit. He, he called his old offensive line buddy and said, hey, let's go win a Super Bowl. That's what we hope anyway. <laughs> So, yeah, um, we got 49ers tonight. Uh, we're playing in San Francisco. We're probably – we're guessing. I think Kyle's got me convinced that Peyton Manning's probably not playing um, much, if, if at all, um, even in the first quarter. One series at the most. If he plays, it'll be one series and out. That's my and, guess. And I'm guessing that Harbaugh's probably not going to put uh, young Kaepernick in much – much in uh, Von Miller, and he's not going to give Von Miller an opportunity to tee off on Kaepernick. And players are respectful of each other; they really are. I mean, you think, oh man, I don't want to expose Peyton Manning because those guys are going to be gunning for him in the preseason. No one wants to get hurt, and no one wants to hurt anyone else. Von Miller's not going to try to kill Colin Kaepernick, and you know, if Alvin Smith was out there, he wouldn't be trying to kill Peyton Manning either. They, they respect each other. And I'm going to knock on wood when I say this, but this is a possible. This is a possible. Uh, Super Bowl preview. You don't want to give anyone any any extra material right now for that get yeah, for that game. These are Vegas's two favorite teams. They are co-favorites to win the Super Bowl. This is absolutely a potential Super Bowl preview for the first three minutes of the game. After that, it doesn't matter. But the first three minutes of the game, Super Bowl preview. Yep. Well, and that's it uh, from me, Kyle. Uh, we want to get get over to Avery. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Do I want to talk to Mark Schlereth's daughter? Heck yeah. special guest tonight or today actually avery schlereth hi avery hi hi avery welcome to the show thank you thank you for having me now avery schlereth is at avery schlereth on twitter how is twitter for you avery it's good it uh it's weird sometimes but it's it's good it's fun to stay plugged in and stuff in the world (laughs) really want to use it for is your dad protective of you even on twitter your dad of course being mark schlereth yes uh he is very protective over twitter he definitely lays the law down over twitter if people ever <laughs> talk about me or to me uh he will say something back like today for instance uh or the other day somebody tweeted at me that i was hot and my dad said that's one way to get blocked or that's how you're going to get blocked <laughs> people quickly uh, quickly try to beg their way back in be like I'm, I'm sorry she's attractive and beautiful and I'm sure she's smart yeah <laughs> and he let him back into the circle of trust yes exactly yeah Is that, okay so have you ever seen your dad on like caught ESPN while your dad's on and been like oh my god dad what did you do like what are you what are you wearing <laughs> um 
No, I honestly, <laughs> I don't really pay attention that much. I don't, it's not like I watch him religiously. Like if he's on, I'm like, oh, cool. There's my dad. But otherwise I don't, I'm not really like, I don't nitpick at anything. I don't really watch him that often. Do so, you have a, do you have a favorite memory of when he was with the Broncos? I do. Um, I was young, so I slept through a lot of the games because it was cold and <laughs> dark. Um, so I would, after the games, all the kids and the families would go down to the field and we would run back and forth on the field and wait for our dads to come out of the showers. Um, when they were like, they would go and get ready to go home. So we would just run on the field and like, we used to get to like pet thunder the horse oh. and hang out in the field just till he got back. And it was the best part because the light, all the lights would still be on, but the stands would be completely cleared. And then we'd be able to, like, run back and forth and just, like, play tag and be on the field. It was really fun. So we were uh, kind of, like, breaking down, you know, kind of the success in your family. You were doing decent for your stuff. Your sister's doing well. Your brother's doing well. Your dad's done very well, even your mother. Um, but it, none of this happened until, like, you kind of entered into the world. Are you that lucky charm? <laughs> um, I, don't, I don't think so. I... I, everyone worked hard to get where they're at, uh, especially my dad and my brother. But, I mean, as far as wins go, I would, would like to think I'm the lucky charm. If, like, my brother's playing a game and he has an awesome game, I would like to think that I'm the lucky charm. And he won because I was there. Because it's, like, every so often. I'm not there that often. So, uh, But otherwise, no, I think everyone worked hard for themselves to get where they are. Your brother, of course, is uh, Daniel Schlereth, baseball pitcher extraordinaire. He's got a pretty decent career ERA. Yeah, he's doing pretty well. He's hurt right now, but um, he's done pretty well for himself. He got drafted right out of college, so he's doing well. Being being like a family member of someone who's in a competitive team environment, you got to have a lot of ups and downs. You know, when a team loses, how do you deal with something like that? Being just a member of that person's family, do you kind of smile? Do you just? I mean, how do you how do you handle that? Um. We, I mean, Daniel's an adult, so if he has a bad game, it's it's on him, and we don't really, like, I feel like it'd be the worst thing to hear if, like, you lose a game and you come out to your family, and they're like, oh, you'll do better next time, like, go get him, Tiger. Like, <laughs> I mean, you're an adult, and you can figure it out, so we just pretty much smile and shut up and just, just go out to dinner, and, I mean, everyone's fairly quiet, and no one really talks about the game, because it's probably a little bit sensitive, but, yeah, we don't. We don't really console him either because he'd hate it and just get more angry with us. Do you remember, like, around the time when uh, your dad retired? Do you, do you, is that too far back for you? No, I do. I do remember. I actually remember uh, the day he did retire. Um, but it was, I remember him being really emotional about it, <laughs> actually crying during his speech. Sorry, mm-hmm. Dad. And yeah, it, I mean, it wasn't, it wasn't even a really big change for me, though, because I was so young. Um, but when he started working for ESPN, it was a huge change for me because he was gone so often traveling across the country and coming back for only three days of the week. But one of them, he was sitting on the couch all day watching football. So, (laughs) and like taking notes all day. So I only got like two days a week with him. So that Plus he had to look different too. Yeah. I mean, did did he look different? Do you remember him changing, becoming thinner and like, I don't know, good looking? (laughs) actually I remember him getting thinner and um I remember him telling I would tell him he looked funny 
and I didn't want him to get skinnier because I was like small and I wanted him to be like big and like to cuddle with. And but when he when he got skinnier, I was I would tell him like you look funny and I I don't like that you're getting skinnier. And I I didn't really like change. And like one time he told me he was gonna like shave his mustache off and I cried. I was like you can't. I don't know who you are. <laughs> That's a great story. Um, I mean you don't live in Colorado anymore, but you grew up in Denver. Right. Uh, I did. I grew up in Denver. I live in LA now. I've lived here since I was 18, mm-hmm. straight out of high school. Um, so I've lived here for two years now. And yeah, I, I liked growing up in Denver. Um, it was nice. It was obviously with my dad being who he was in Denver was a little bit diff. Like in high school and growing up was a little bit different. Uh, it would get a little annoying mm-hmm. at times just because everyone knew everything about you and mm-hmm. there was no, I mean and everyone looked at you differently and as like the spoiled rich kid or whatever they would classify you as but it well, was you grew up in like, Lone Tree it's not exactly the ghetto like the right, people around no, you aren't, aren't everyone, necessarily privileged there right anyways. um but yeah it was so it was you, a nice place to grow up so you're in LA and there's a, there's Mel Brooks has this very famous saying it says he says uh, you can't tiptoe into show business yeah. So what, what are you doing in L.A.? I came out here for modeling originally, and ever since I've been out here, I actually just decided maybe like five months ago. I mean, it's it's what every single person does when they come out here. I decided to, you know, dip my feet into some acting and take some acting classes and kind of just learn the craft of that and actually uh, did the Groundlings, which is an improv class, and just taking a bunch of classes, trying to learn the craft of that, and then hopefully eventually getting an agent and trying to act and do that but still like modeling's my my main thing and one of it's my first passion so you have a do you have a best modeling story like a favorite modeling story so far <laughs> i do um i did this thing for e-news i modeled sunglasses on tv for e-news and uh i <laughs> i was gonna be on tv for uh, like a little spot on e-news and and I tweeted and, like, put it on Facebook, like, hey, catch me tonight on E! News. I'm modeling sunglasses. And I didn't tell my parents. Oh. And I completely, like, I just, it just completely, I spaced it. And I got the nastiest call from my parents. They were like, you, like, what's your first job? And you didn't even tell us to watch it on TV. Like, what's your problem? I was like, oh, my gosh, I'm so sorry. Because my dad found out through Twitter. And then he told my mom. And he was like, Avery's going to be on TV tonight? And she was like, what? <laughs> That was, that was like when I first got out here, and yeah, that was my mistake. Huh. <laughs> so, um, you are a football fan in, in real life. You don't just play one on television, right? No, I love it. I yeah. love it all. The blood, the sweat, the tears, the food, the weather. I love it all. And just before the show, she was like, she was pointing out injuries that Kyle and I, I, like, I had to step back and be like, what is she talking about, Kyle? Kyle knew. But you're, <laughs> you're pointing out like really specific things that have happened like within the last couple of days. <laughs> Yeah, uh, well, and also my dad was out here for the last couple of days, so, I mean, he was in my room, like, 100% of the time watching sports and then saying everything that he knew, so I'm, like, I'm, like, up to date completely on everything, so I'm, I sound smarter than I am. What were your first thoughts when the Broncos signed Peyton Manning last year? You're a big Broncos fan, right? Yeah, I was jumping everywhere. I jumped for joy. I was so excited because... 
I, he's legendary. He's great. I was it, like, I didn't even, it didn't even cross my mind that we would ever get Peyton Manning as our quarterback. Like he was a Colt. That's just, I thought that was his personality. I thought that's who he was, but things change. So um, this year, what do you see like as, as make a prediction for the record at the end, not including the playoffs, if they make it to the playoffs, but what do you think during regular season? Um, I'm going to go 12 and four. I believe, I think we've had some like questionable injuries on our offense, but uh, yeah, I think, I think we're going to go, we're going to go far this year. I'm excited. I heard a rumor that they, that they did call your father to try and talk him out of retirement. <laughs> really? <laughs> they were calling just about everyone. <laughs> they talked, uh, they talked to Mark, uh, Ryan Liljan. I think they tried to talk Jeff Saturday, who's also on ESPN now out of retirement. So they probably did call <laughs> Mr. Schlereth. <laughs> <laughs> they were probably talking to Tom Nalen there too. He was right there on the field watching practice, probably trying to run away when John Fox probably came up to him. <laughs> Gosh, so, those men are so beat up. So you mentioned E earlier. Are you going to be watching um, Eric Decker's reality show, Eric and Jesse? Absolutely. They they seem like pretty rad people, and uh, I love everything on E. So it'll definitely be add, added to my TiVo list. They look like a... You're on E. Of course you love everything on E, right? Yeah. <laughs> they give yeah. you a big break. Yeah. They look like a Photoshop couple to me. You're like, Eric Decker's got these washboard abs, and Jesse James has got this, like, pretty body. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. They're, like, both super pretty, and, like, she's a singer. He's a football player. They're, like, super cookie cutter. They're <laughs> awesome. Are you excited to watch for Eric? Are you excited to watch for Jesse both. I, I like find them both very interesting. And like, I mean, obviously Eric Decker is really great to look at, but I, <laughs> they're, they're both, they seem like a cool couple to watch. So both of them. Who would be like on a non-date format? Like who would be the one Bronco that you'd want to go out to dinner with and hang out with? Um, Zane Beatles, actually. What? He's a he's actually a good friend of mine, and he's super fun to hang out with, and hilarious, and he has like long flowy locks, so it he's would a, be fun. Going he's to a really good guy too, and he never takes publicity for any of the good things he does, but he's like a really good person. He's amazing. He's awesome. My dad hangs out with Zane Beatles' grandfather in uh, in a coffee shop in Laramie, Wyoming. No way. Yeah. That's crazy. What a small world. Yeah. And then, um, well, I guess we got a couple more questions, but, um, do you play fantasy football? I do. What's your fantasy football team name? Um, well, last year it was Jim Manning Laundry. And then, <laughs> <laughs> and then this year my brother gave it to me. It's, he put Jonathan Taves, you know, he put Jonathan T. Aves, even though it has nothing to do with football, but because everyone calls me Aves. So mm. Jonathan T. Aves, and that's what I got this year. <laughs> Not bad. Have you ever won a fantasy football league? Um, no. Last year was actually my first year. And I was Is it a family thing? Um, last year wasn't. We did it with a bunch of friends. But this year, my brother like constructed the whole thing, and it's just family. Uh-huh. So it's going to get super competitive. Like we have, We've had this group text, and we just like talk a bunch of crap to each other. And uh, yeah, we're... We're in a group. We're in a family thing right now. But I last year I got I think I got like maybe like fifth place out of fourteen people or something. So that was pretty cool. But then we'll see what happens this year. How is like a normal event like 
everyone's there for Christmas. What's it like, like competition wise, when you play like a, a family game? It's insane. We play catchphrase. I don't know if you've ever heard of it. Yeah. Uh, and it, it the the game goes flying because you're like handing it off to people, and you like throw the game. People are getting hurt, and everyone's screaming at the top of their lungs. No one can like hear each other. I've lost my voice by the end of a game before, <laughs> and my brother gets so angry, and we're like so about rules and. I mean, everyone's super competitive, and it's it's nuts. Games are nuts at our house. How was your dad like at a, a softball game or a volleyball game or a soccer game? Watching us? Yeah. Um. Well, on, with my brother, he was awful. He would tear him to shreds if he didn't play right or if he didn't play well. Um, <laughs> but then with Alex and I, he he was cooler. He was just like, like go out there and play hard, like give it a hundred percent. And then if we didn't do well, he was just like, you know, he wasn't like screaming at the ref or anything. No, no, no. Did, did you ever play powder puff football? I did. I you, did. What position I, were you? What? What position did you play? I was wide receiver. Okay. Yeah. Or dis- running back. Okay. Yeah. Was that, was that disappointing to the family? You didn't follow in? <laughs> <laughs> no. Because I'm actually pretty fast, so I did well. All right. Yeah. Well, Kyle, you want to get anything in? Well, Avery, if there's anything in the world you could be doing in 10 years, what would it be 10 years from now? Um, on, like, travel, traveling, traveling the world and uh, doing, like, different modeling ca- campaigns would be awesome for different various, like, high fashion lines like Burberry or, like, Louis Vuitton or different makeup lines and stuff like that. Like just traveling and doing a bunch of shoots would be fun. And I have to tell you guys, just dealing with, with Avery today, she's the sweetest person on earth. Like no one deserves anything more than Avery. So I hope that she gets everything um, that she desires and follow her on Twitter. Cause you are very, I've been following you for uh, probably two years now. I'm sure Kyle has as well. Um, you're entertaining. <laughs> Thank you. Thanks. Tell us. Yeah, tell our listeners where they can find more about find find out more about you, uh, Twitter or any any websites or anything like that. Um, Twitter, I I mean I have if you if you Google me, I've actually done various interviews on there, um, and then yeah, just Twitter mostly. I have I don't everything else is pretty much private, but Twitter your, t- is- your Twitter name is at Avery Schlereth. Yes, and uh, you can find her. We'll be tweeting her throughout the week at Mile High Report and um, on my Twitter at the Orange Page. Cool. Well, thank you so much. Thank you for coming in. Thank, thank you for coming. For having in. me. <laughs> have a have a good uh, rest of the day. Thank you so much. So Avery got her prediction in there. She said twelve and four. What do you think, Kyle? Oh, for the regular season. For regular season. Regular season prediction. I'm. Right now, I'm leaning 11 and 5. 11 and 5. I, uh, Jan, what do you think? I'm, I'm leaning towards 11 and 5 as well. I think um, I'm not sure what Von Miller's status is, but I really think it will affect the first few games of the year if he's suspended. Can I make, a, can I make my prediction for the regular season? Well, sure. Yeah. I'm going to say 16 and 0. And I did say <laughs> a previous I was in uh, I was on the radio in in uh, Austin, Texas and I said 13 and 3, but I really do think that this team is capable of perfection, especially given our schedule. That's all well and good. Let's let's talk about tonight's game a little bit. Let's throw some predictions down 
for the San Francisco 49ers game. What do you, what do you got for number of sacks for Mr. Von Miller? Ian Henson. Uh, I think, I mean, Von, I, if the, if what, what's your over under, is your over under like one, two, one point five point five? Let's go with two. Because Von's, if he's, if he's, a, big game. If he's allowed to play, I mean, he's got something to prove. The whole NFL is going to be watching him. He, this, this is basically like if he, if he, for, you know, knock on wood, if he gets suspended, like he's only got this preseason to warm up for let week five. You, let me remind you that he might only play like five snaps. I, uh, there's a, there's a kid, there's a kid out there at a defensive end who played 22 snaps last season in preseason, had two sacks, a tackle for a loss and a forced fumble. Any guesses on who that might be? I'm getting to guess you're going to say Derek Wolf. Malik Jackson. Malik Jackson. Malik Jackson. He did have a killer game. Yeah. And I don't think, I mean, if he's doing that, you know, coming in at second string and third string, I don't see why Von Miller can't do that in the, in a... <laughs> Playing at the starters, passing yards for Peyton Manning. Oh, wait, what's, oh. how many pa- passing yards? Does Twelve. Manning throw for? Twelve. <laughs> Twelve yards. First that's, down. That's probably pretty accurate. I mean, that's about <laughs> what. It's either zero or like twenty-one or something. So twelve is right in the middle. It's good. Ian, what do you think? Ian's probably going to say like four hundred and fifty. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I just Peyton Manning goes. <laughs> he goes. He goes sixteen and zero in the first quarter. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> I don't think if Peyton Manning does anything, I think he'll be handing off the ball. I don't imagine him passing the ball. <laughs> they might get a throw in there, let Wilker. Here's the scary thing for me. We got – let's say uh, uh, Ronnie Hillman is – he's going to play with the first team and the first team's off right away. That means uh, Monte Ball is up next. Is he going to play three quarters, two quarters? No, the Broncos have a ton of running backs. The Broncos have so many running backs right now. Everybody's going to get it some time. Yeah, but I can't imagine Brock Osweiler's. I mean, yeah, I guess they're probably going to rotate Ronnie Hillman back in. They'll put Noshawn in. They'll get Jeremiah Johnson in. They'll get Jacob Hester in. They got, uh, what's his name? The undrafted C.J. Davis? Anderson. Anderson. C.J. Davis is a offensive lineman. <laughs> I can see Ball playing most of the second quarter. Oh, yeah. He's a rookie and he needs the reps. Mm-hmm. He'll probably get a couple of snaps in with the ones. Mm-hmm. Um, you know... They mix it up. They always do it for the early preseason games. Peyton Manning might play one series. He might play none. Uh, so it might be Barack Osweiler with the ones for a little bit. I think you'll see some Ronnie Hillman, some Monte Ball there. But then with the second team, you'll see mostly Monte Ball and Nosham Marino. And then Nosham Marino and Jeremiah Johnson. You know, they kind of just rotate one of them in and out. Mm-hmm. Wind their way down the depth chart. And then, and then who, who wins the game? Who wins a nonsensical, non Whoever game? gets hurt, whoever gets hurt less. <laughs> we don't keep score by points. We keep score by players carted off the field. And it's like golf. A low score is good. So I'm hoping the Broncos win 0-4. to four. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I guess that's what, that's the important thing is that everyone uh, remains healthy. I don't want four 49ers players to get hurt, but you game, know what I mean? Game time temperature uh, in San Francisco right now is uh, 59. It's predicted to be 59 degrees when the, when the Broncos and 49ers start uh, later tonight. So it's going to be a weird situation there Broncos have been practicing in, in 90 degree weather for two straight weeks and they're gonna go play 59 degree start and it's probably just gonna get cooler as it gets closer to the night and you might as well warm up for the Super Bowl in New York right <laughs> I said it yeah I said it uh, one yeah. more qu- one quick thing Kyle before we leave the scrimmage was the first time that Peyton Manning had his glove on right since when for training camp he didn't, oh yeah yeah sorry he didn't wear the glove at all during training camp no, not that I saw. I don't, I'm, I'm not often looking at 
Peyton Manning's hand, but I think I would have noticed the glove on, yeah. yeah. So that was his first time putting the glove on. I don't know. I feel like. Do you feel like it's a non-issue, the glove? Yeah. Yeah, I agree. It's a non-issue. I, I think... I think the uh, Denver Post blows it up a little bit and other people follow suit. I don't exactly understand the hoopla around it at all. He plays well with it. He, well, he says he wants it. You know, his hand's cold. It's when, when Mike Kliss starts his at uh, Peyton's Glove Twitter account, we'll know why they've been blowing it up so much. <laughs> 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 all right, guys. Uh, thank you so much for, for listening. Um, we're going to try and make this a uh, weekly thing. We'll uh, figure out the air date exactly, but we'll, we'll definitely be airing just before the game wrapping up the previous week as well as trying to give you as much information as possible in a short amount of time thank you for listening to mhr radio and thank <laughs> thank you for listening to mhr radio and uh at avery schlereth at uh, mile high report at the orange page and at asian orange thank you guys so much thanks guys good night see ya.